the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Ah, yes, indeed, and he's here to say good afternoon, Northern California, and welcome. Welcome on board to the Thursday edition of Lifeline. We are broadcasting live today from the annual Bass Church Workers Convention. Yet once again, I think this has got to be about our 20th. 8th or 29th year of this event that is well into 50 years of helping to train and equip local churches, local lay leaders, those who are involved in touching the day-to-day ministry of the church throughout the Bay Area, equipping them for best practices and insights in order to have greater impact in their community. So it is indeed the annual Bass Church Workers Convention and it kicks off tonight with the keynote speaker at 7 p.m., Andrew McCourt, senior pastor from Bayside Church in Sacramento. And then, of course, workshops and seminars running all through um, the balance of Friday and Saturday. Friday evening, Kurt Harlow will be speaking, and on Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m., a name that should be of uh, well interest to all of our KFAX listeners, Dr. Jerry Buckner, senior pastor from Tiburon Christian Fellowship, and of course, um, the host of Contending for the Faith here on KFAX. He will be the keynote speaker. So lots of great workshops, lots going on, still an opportunity for you to bring your church down. There are discounts for church groups, and you can get information and even register online by going to BassConvention.org. That's BassConvention.org. Once again, very gracious hosts here at Redwood Chapel Community Church in Castro Valley, located at 19300 Redwood Road. Lots of free parking. So um, if you don't have any plans for tonight, why not come in and enjoy the worship and the keynote speaker at 7 o'clock, Andrew McCourt from Bayside Church, and then sign up for the workshops and really get a chance to meet fellow believers that are working in the trenches. This is a gathering of people that runs the gambit from uh, those involved in children's music and ministry to those involved in youth outreach, uh, community outreach, things of this sort. You name it, it's all represented here, and there's going to be a lot of great information available to you by attending this conference. And again, details available on the web at BassConvention.org. That's BassConvention. Org. Hopefully before the uh, the afternoon here has progressed too long, we'll get a chance to catch up with Pastor Jeff Miller, who is the uh, lead pastor of our host church here and the general chairman of this annual event. Well, as I mentioned, a lot of great workshops that will be taking place here over the course of the next couple of days that uh, you can avail yourself to. One workshop that I always find fascinating that is conducted by my first guest tonight, who is certainly no stranger to KFAX listeners, a workshop that helps us do as the church what we've experienced of as believers through the work of Christ on the cross. And that, of course, is forgiveness. Joining me now is Steve Deal. 
And he, of course, is with Forgiveness Ministries. And, Steve, always great to have you on the program. Glad to be here, Craig. Whether Thank or not you. we get together throughout the year, <laughs> we make it a point to at least catch That's up right. with you at this annual event. And you, of course, again this year will be presenting along with Becky a number of workshops. Yes. Uh, but let's let the cat out of the bag first. You've got a brand-new book out, What You Might Not Know About Forgiveness. People look at a title like this, I think, as a Christian and might say, well, Forgiveness, yeah, we as Christians, we know all about that. We've experienced that through Jesus, and so uh, there's not much more for me to learn on this topic. You know, I, I, that's, that's happened to me, and, and I try to forgive as best as I can, and I know all about what the Lord's Prayer has to say about forgiveness, and I go about my business. You have really created an entire ministry that focuses on this one most important aspect of our Christian faith, and it really touches right. aspects, all aspects of our relationships, ultimately on the vertical, but all across the horizontal yes. plane as well. And also on just a personal health level, soul health, emotional health, mental health, practicing forgiveness is how God heals the human soul as well as restores broken relationships. So. Uh, sin damages everything it touches, including the human soul. And I'm not sure Christians realize, unless they're having a crisis in their life, that, 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 that they could greatly benefit from proactively developing a lifestyle of authentic biblical forgiveness. They'd be surprised at how much healing and strength and increase in ministry they would have. How is it that and, and you, you've worked as a church minister, you've been involved, pastoral relationships, all of that down through the years in, in ministering to a congregation. How is it that we as Christians, who, as I sort of suggested in my opening remarks, ought to know the most about this? Yes, we should be the world's this. leading experts on forgiveness. And yet, it's almost as if we have so limited this topic that we think it just applies to a certain area or two of our life mm -hmm. and nothing more and yet as you suggest not only in your teaching your workshops your radio program but in this new book what you might not know about forgiveness this is a topic that is so much broader so much deeper yes and really goes to the heart of not just our christian experience but the heart of what god wants us to not only experience but to freely share. Yes. And the answer to your question, I mean, what you described is, is the struggle that we have in our ministry all the time. When I go to Christians, especially to pastors and churches, and uh, suggest to them that there might be more that they need to learn and practice forgiveness, I usually get, well, forgiveness is very nice, but we're doing fine. We already know everything there is about forgiveness. But uh, our listeners should know that... Um, in over 60 Christian books that I've collected on how to forgive, I've documented 32 different ways to forgive. Even though the books talk about God and sometimes talk about the cross, half of those 32 ways, when it comes to the steps on how to forgive, half of the 32 ways don't include God in the steps. So they could be taught to atheists in a secular university and nobody would bat an eye. These are Christian books. Another quarter of those 30 ways to forgive include God but not Jesus. So you could teach those ways to forgive to Muslims or Buddhists or Hindus or other Christian, other faiths. And then the last quarter of the 32 ways include Jesus but not the cross. So over 30 ways to forgive that leave the cross of Jesus Christ out. 
that's what the church is reading right now. That's what we're believing. That's what we're trying to practice. And I usually challenge people by saying, how many people can God forgive without the cross of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ? And of course, the answer is given correctly, no one. no one. And I said, so you're trying to do something God can't do. You're trying to forgive without the cross. As simple as it may sound, and it does need more unpacking, because we have been mistrained. I think Satan is at the heart of misleading his church, or the church, not his church. Um, we receive forgiveness of the penalty of our sins by believing Jesus died for us. We forgive other people by believing Jesus died for them. That's not really taught. It's not taught in any of those 60 books that Jesus died for the abusive father, the neglectful mother, the unfaithful spouse, the terrorist, for, for everyone who sins. Jesus has died for them, and that's why when Jesus teaches us how to forgive, he says, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. We would say, why and how? And Jesus would say, because I died for them. And ironically, as you were sort of going through that laundry list, I thought, isn't it interesting that our list in the flesh, in terms of who God forgives, is typically a very short one, Yes. and yet God's list is typically a very long one, yes. and a an infinite one, really. I mean, when you think of it in terms of... Of, of the fundamental theological question, is there anyone that is beyond the capacity of Christ's blood to save? I think if we're honest with ourselves in the reading of the scripture, we would say no. Now, are we uncomfortable well, well, with the... If I can interrupt, not everyone would say that. Well, There's well, the whole well, brand of systematic theology that would say, no, Jesus didn't die for everyone. Well, and, well, and, 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 and let me quickly add that we might say, but you know... Now, a guy like Hitler, no, I don't think so. I mean, we, we have exceptions to the right. rule, and you're right. From a systematic <laughs> theology standpoint, there would be other exceptions to that rule. But fundamentally speaking, we would tend to incline to say that, God, you know, God is, God is the God of the universe. Yep. Certainly, we don't want to limit his capacity to forgive. Yes. When I ask Christians um, in our seminar and in churches, why does God forgive? The number one answer that is shouted out, it's really the only answer that I hear shouted out, is because God loves, loves us. us. <laughs> and I say, you know, it's true that God loves you and loves the world. However, God doesn't forgive because... Oh, we're back on. Oh, we're back. <laughs> okay. It, we're just having a private conversation here. Uh, welcome back to the uh, program. Craig Roberts here live on location at the Basque Convention here at Redwood Chapel in Castro Valley. And we, we apologize. A little bit of a, a technical glitch, as they say. But I think uh, Mike pulled some change out of his pocket and fed another quarter into the uh, payphone here. We're, <laughs> we're good to go for a bit. Uh, if you just wondered, what, what, gee, what happened to the conversation and who are you talking to. Steve Deal is with us today. Steve, of course, um, is from Forgiveness Ministries. Information available, by the way, on the web at forgivenessministries.org. That's forgivenessministries.org. He will be sharing a number of workshops here over the course of the next couple of days at this conference. And he's written a new book called What You Might Not Know About Forgiveness. And and this, as we were suggesting before the break, is, is a, a critical topic, one of which, sadly, we as the church don't understand near enough about as we should. And you had commented just before we were so rudely interrupted 
uh, about the notion that typically people say that, well, God forgives because he loves us. Yes, and he does love us, but that's not the basis of forgiveness. It's the cross of Jesus Christ, the payment of, for the penalty of our sins. But if we don't teach people, if people don't know that and focus on the cross, they're likely to be led to believe, well, I'll forgive people if I can generate enough love for them. And so that's why we have these standards, as you said, well, we're not going to forgive Hitler because we can't seem to generate enough love for him. That's not the issue. The question is, did Jesus die for him? And I believe God has put in the human soul what I call the heart's cry for his justice, divine justice, which happens at the cross. So when people hurt us, we get angry and we want to retaliate. We want to see, we need to see them suffer. But forgiveness is bringing a person's sins and our anger to the cross of Jesus Christ, where God brought the world's sins and his anger. And then Jesus bore those sins and the anger of God, and justice was satisfied, God's justice. So when someone can connect themselves up with the truth and with their heart emotionally to the heart of God at the cross, then you can do what Jesus said. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, you can forgive them if you believe Jesus died for them. Does our capacity to be able to extend forgiveness toward others pivot on our capacity to really grasp and understand to the degree to which we're capable? Our own forgiveness? Our own forgiveness? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think... Again, a lot of people feel that God forgives them because they love them, or because he loves them or because their sins aren't as bad as someone else's sins. And so uh, they're just even even though the bread and the wine is served in most congregations at least monthly, sometimes more often where we're told to remember this is the body of Christ. This is the blood of Christ given for you for the forgiveness of sins, somehow Satan is able through a variety of ways to get us to take our eyes off of that. We can sing the right songs, but not live it. Yeah, we're often, I think, sometimes made very uncomfortable. I mean, you can watch people in church on Good Friday get a bit squeamish. Yeah. Because this business of broken bodies and blood and so forth just is very uncomfortable it's violent violent it's, 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 it's very severe. disquieting it's uh and some people uh, will say oh well, i don't want jesus dying for me like that but it's not our choice it's something god did for us and he knows what's necessary there's another component too that this takes us back to and that is perhaps a a, a short shortfall of our capacity to really understand as well and 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 to a degree logically so what it means when we're dealing with a holy, pure, righteous God. Right. Infinitely holy, who infinitely pure. Recoils at sin. That right. our sin is as a stench to Him. Right. And words are not strong enough. And I don't think that our minds uh, are, are infinite enough to even begin to grasp the totality of what it really means for us to be serving a holy, righteous, faultless, without blame. God. I wholly agree with you, and, and we don't understand that when we cross his law of love, when we don't love him, when we don't love others the way God loves them, and, and we sin, that we incur a penalty of such severe nature because of God's infinite holiness, infinite righteousness, infinite justice, and that's why it took the, the death of God's own son, innocent, uh, 
as an unblemished lamb on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins. So in that sense, and you, and you talk about this in the book, you say personal forgiveness is releasing a person from having to pay the penalty for their own sins in light of the fact that Jesus Christ has already paid for their sins in full through his physical Amen. execution. Amen. Amen. Well, well some people ask me, why do you keep using the word execution? Because, it, again, it sounds bloody and severe, and you don't want to think about Jesus being executed on the cross. But, again, we've become so accustomed to Jesus dying for sins that it's become sanitized and sterilized, and we decorate our crosses, and they're clean, and we wear them as jewelry, and and they're nice symbols. But there is, uh, there is a severity and a violence that Jesus had to go through. Not just Jesus, but the Father and the Spirit at the cross. We talk about learning to feel the heart of God, the Father, Son, and Spirit at the cross of Jesus Christ as they together were bringing about the payment for the penalty of the world's sins so that God could forgive. Now, i got to hasten to say, because some of your listeners might be thinking, paying for the world's sins, is that guy saying everybody's saved? Well, I'd say everyone's saved from the penalty of sin, but sin also has consequences. Going to hell is not the penalty for sin, it's a, one of the consequences for sin. Um, and God says he can forgive and wants to forgive the consequences, but Jesus didn't die for the consequences of sin. He only died for the penalty. God says he forgives the consequences of sin when the guilty person repents. Mm. And when people don't want to stop sinning, God can't save them from the consequences of those sin. So we need to learn how to receive forget from God the forgiveness of the penalty of our sin by believing Jesus died for us. No. But also forgive forgiveness of the consequences of our sin by repenting. Now, let's put that in context on the on the horizontal plane, because there are people that struggle with this notion of forgiveness, saying, but you don't understand, Pastor Steve, what this person right. did to me or continues to do to me. Right. They have not repented of their sin. They've not even acknowledged that they have wounded me. Right. How do I, therefore, go about extending to them forgiveness and release them from the penalty? Well, we have to learn how, just as God has forgiven us of the penalty and will forgive us as we repent, we need to follow that same pattern horizontally with people. I can forgive you of the penalty because Jesus died for you, whether you repent or not. Now, that, that, let's hasten to add that also, though, may incorporate the notion that that doesn't necessarily mean that they are forgiven of the consequences. Let no, me, that's exactly yeah. what it means. Jesus did not die and pay for anybody's consequences, only for the penalty, which means God isn't going to execute us for our sins. He doesn't need to punish us for our sins because he already punished Jesus and executed him. So the payment has been made. The debt has been canceled. That's what forgiveness of the penalty means, is God saying, I don't have to execute you. I'm not even going to punish you because I already punished my son. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to honor his blood, his death on the cross on your behalf. And now I am free to love you and you don't have to be afraid of me. You can come home because I am not going to punish you. However, on the consequence side, God's saying, if you don't stop sinning, sinning is like putting your hand on a hot stove. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to get burned. You're going to get burned even though God loves you. You're going to get burned even though Jesus died for the penalty of putting your hand on a hot stove. Paul says it in Galatians this way. Don't be deceived, which means the church then was deceived and the church today could be deceived. Don't be deceived. God is not a fool. 
whatever seed you put in the ground, this is what you're going to eat from someday. And so when we plant the seeds of love and truth and righteousness, we get to eat the fruit of life. But when we plant the seeds of sin, even as believers in Christ for whom Jesus died, we're going to eat the seeds or the fruit from the seeds of sin, which is death. It's, it's, there's going to be brokenness, broken relationships, broken souls, broken economics, broken families, broken churches, broken world. Because God can't forgive the consequences until somebody, until the guilty person mm -hmm. repents. Mm -hmm. So people who are having a hard time forgiving someone in their life need to start by separating forgiveness of the penalty from forgiving consequences. I can forgive anyone of the penalty because Jesus died for them. I can only forgive people of the consequences of their sins in their relationship with me if they stop sinning. If they don't want to stop sinning, then I'm going to have to love them from a distance mm -hmm, and put mm -hmm. up barriers. Logically so. Um, the new book, What You Might not know about forgiveness. Is this available through your website? Through our website, uh, but it will direct you to Amazon. That's the easiest okay. way. So people can go to our website and click on the book there and they'll go to Amazon and buy it from them. Over the course of the next couple of days, you and Becky are going to be doing some workshops on this topic. Give us a thumbnail sketch. Well, uh, one workshop are, is the two sides of sin and forgiveness, which we've just been talking about. Another one is just specifically how to forgive someone who has sinned against you. Another one is why marriages fail and what you can do about it. And one of the reasons why marriages fail is people don't know how to practice forgiveness very well in their marriages. Another one is um, how to become more like Jesus, uh, the six activities of life transformation, of which one is practicing forgiveness. Becky's got how to overcome depression and anger and experience God's joy, which comes through forgiveness. forgiveness. So all of them are tied back into forgiveness somehow. Um, and justifiably so, since our very relationship with him ties directly yep. back into forgiveness. And just like you said at the beginning, forgiveness is much broader and much deeper than I think most of us are giving it credit. And it would be a good exercise, I think, for all of us to, to, um, to do a personal inventory in terms of where we understand or the degree to which we understand. Is this something that's sort of a one-off? Oh, yeah, I know what forgiveness is. God forgave me. I'm a Christian now. Yeah. It's so much broader, so much deeper, and God has designed it intentionally so. So this is not really something that we, we, um, we can do because we feel like doing it. We really ought to feel or, or be motivated and compelled to do so, right. both in terms of experiencing forgiveness and sharing forgiveness with others. The book is called What You Might Not Know About Forgiveness. Steve Deal, its author, our guest on this segment of Lifeline. Information about the book available online at forgivenessministries.org. That's forgivenessministries.org. In addition to the workshops that Steve and Becky will be teaching and conducting here at the Bass Convention over the next couple of days, you do workshops, seminars, all the time, churches across the Bay yes, Area. Wherever, wherever we're invited, churches can host our Unwrapping the Gift of Forgiveness seminar, which is Friday night for two hours, then all day Saturday. The next one coming up is actually at the Walnut Creek Friends Church in Walnut Creek. It's April, uh, I believe it's 24th and 25th, if I've got those dates down right. It's a Friday night and Saturday, the last weekend. 
so they can register for that, get information on our website, too. And all available online at ForgivenessMinistries.org. That's ForgivenessMinistries.org. Our thanks to Steve Deal for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. You're welcome, and thank you, Chris. Good to see you again, Steve. We'll take a time out. Let's get you updated on some traffic right now. Head over to the KFAX Traffic Center, 530 on the clock, and let's see what's going on out there on this Thursday ride home. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation. 538 here on the Thursday edition of Lifeline, live on location from the annual Bass Church Workers Convention, taking place once again this year at Redwood Chapel Community Church. That's at 19300 Redwood Road here in Castro Valley. Complete details available on the web at bassconvention.org. That's bassconvention.org. A number of exciting workshops that will be taking place over the next couple of days here that really not only help to equip the church to do a better job and being out into the the local communities and impacting our our uh, bay area for Christ but then to workshops and seminars that help the church grow stronger in its faith and in some regards get its act together joining me now is Clay Allen founder and president of Avenue a sexual restoration ministry founded along with his wife Susan and um, Clay, it's always great to have you on the program. Thank you, Craig. It's a joy to be here with you. Now, when I say not just encouraging the church, but also helping the church to get its act together, uh, you mentioned something to me just briefly before we came on the air tonight, and that is the notion that the church today, particularly with the kind of influence that we're seeing from the outside world, and we, you know, we all hear the stories about... Uh, abuse that takes place. We just had a, another national television journalist step down from his position because of issues and innuendos. Uh, it, it seems as if this is infiltrating every aspect of life, and sadly, the church has not been spared this. No, that's correct. In fact, uh, believe it or not, this is God's plan. There is What a, you say? Well, there is a massive shaking taking place right now. This is found in the Bible. It's in the book of Hebrews, and it has a very, very special purpose to it. And when you, when I say shaking, I mean the, the church is being shaken to its core, and most of the pastors I talk to are not even aware of this. It's taking place right now. Let me give you just a couple of examples. Right now, we have four pieces of legislation, three federal, one California. If any one of them are passed, it'll change the church for the worse forever, at least in our lifetime, this legislation is so evil, it will, the intent of it is to retain the infrastructure of the church and morph the message of the church from Christ's message to an anti-Christ message with respect to sexuality. They want the church to be the megaphone for this new mantra, this new message and this legislation should never have even been written, let alone debated and voted on, because it's an indication right there that our church is weakened. Now, not all churches. There are some churches really taking a stand on this, and they're the ones God's getting the attention of and being used by God to reverse this trend. Now, when I say legislation, that's only one piece of this, because 
What's actually happening is there's huge churches and denominations not waiting for the politicians. They're already adopting this message in their best practices. And I, if I didn't do the research and see this happen, I wouldn't have believed it. What's happening right now is men have shirked back. They, they're not taking their rightful place in God's kingdom. And as a result of that, Satan's having a heyday with them sexually, relationally. It's impacting their mind, their brain, their behavior, their belief, their faiths, everything, their finances, their families, everything is being impacted. It's like a pandemic. We talk about the uh, coronavirus. This is, that's nothing compared to this. This is massive. It's violent. And it's shaking our church right now for one very specific reason. And it's a very important reason. Who is going to choose Christ's ways and cling to them? And who is going to choose the world's ways? Mm. And it cannot be a little of both. That's called double-minded. Mm -hmm. And there are significant consequences for either choice. And this is what God is looking for. Who is going to choose and cling Jesus' ways? And it's getting harder to do that. But those who do... God has an immense promise for it. Now, Scripture certainly talks about separation of wheat and the chaff, uh, and, and and we would anticipate that we would see more of this as times will get more difficult yeah. as we draw closer to Christ's imminent return. And I, and I don't know when that is. I can tell you that it's closer today than it was yesterday. But we look at all of these events going on and the churning and the uncertainty in the world and all of this, and, and, and certainly there's going to be become a time when, as Scripture says, hearts, men's hearts will fail within them for fear. So there, there's that aspect, and the separation of the wheat from the chaff. But there's the other issue going on here, and, and I'm wondering if this goes to the part of the heart of what you're touching on. We have seen this slow, steady march towards not only rewriting the rules when it comes to definition of marriage, but even reading writing the rules in terms of what, it, what the definition is of, of even gender identity. There's a bill right now being considered in Sacramento that would bring severe penalties against businesses across the state of California that dare to, for example, run a toy store and have a boy's toy department and a girl's toy department. If they get their way, the legislation passes, and to be sure, Governor Newsom would sign something like this. They would essentially say to California businesses, look, we're going to extend this sense of gender neutralism from the bathroom to the boardroom to stores. And I can only imagine that the next logical location is the church. Oh, the church is definitely in the crosshairs. It's in the center of the crosshairs. In fact, this whole shaking, you can see the church is right at the center of this shaking. And what you're describing is certainly secular, but these pieces of legislation I referred to, they absolutely have the church in the crosshairs. So people might be thinking naively, well, I just won't comply. Well, the law, these laws are written in such a way that noncompliance will invite criminal pen and civil penalties, revocation of tax-exempt status, and accreditation, so it essentially puts the organization out of business. Mm -hmm. That's what's in store for those, and that's why I say it's the greatest evil that's ever confronted our church and our country since our great country's birth some 240, 250 uh, years ago. And so when we're looking at this, and then we're looking at churches voluntarily adopting these bylaws and these mantras of the Antichrist message, it is incredibly scary because that's what they're now teaching. They're teaching a false truth. And much of this is sort of the, the proverbial frog in the kettle, isn't it? Absolutely. In terms of it, it comes in slow, yeah. it's drip, 
drip, drip. That's right. You'll see it begin to creep into mainline denominational churches. That's right. That are not looking to stir the pot. They want to make sure that they use all of the modern language of inclusiveness and and non-discrimination and diversity, things of that sort, which all sound like exciting, fun buzzwords. But often they can be very loaded buzzwords. They are. And again, we go back to the purpose of this. Jesus is looking for those who cling to him. And those who cling to him, as difficult as that will be, he has an incredible promise. He says that 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 is the remnant that survives. And that remnant, that church is who he's returning for, will be more majestic, more powerful, more glorious than anything the world has ever seen. And that includes the first century church where Jesus' disciples were walking in the sunlight, their shadows fell on people and healed them. God says that's what's in store for us, but more powerful than that, more majestic than that. And so when we think about this, we think about what's God's purpose. God's purpose is to show that he is sovereign, that he is the most loving person ever to exist through Jesus, and that we are to cling to him and his ways as opposed to the world's ways, as difficult as that is, because he has a better way for us to live. Jesus promised a hundredfold in this, in this life if we chose his way of anything that we give up. And so what we help teach men who are struggling with sexual uh, matters and their wives who are betrayed, what we, what we teach them is if you give God your sexuality, your brokenness, he is going to give you so much more in return. A hundredfold is what Jesus said, but we have seen even more than that happen in men's lives where they have more of everything good, relational intimacy. Uh, spiritual intimacy. Do you know that one idea from the Holy Spirit to a man uh, can change his life and the world around him for the better, and it's an idea he could never have gotten? We teach, how in the world do you hear the Holy Spirit? Most men, because they're involved in sexual brokenness, they don't ever hear the Holy Spirit the way God would have them. And so one idea can revolutionize his life and change the world around him, and it's an idea he could never have gotten on his own. And you start to see men tap into this thing in their DNA, which is adventure. Adventure is in every man's DNA. And he's missing out on living that because he's not living on what I call the cutting edge of the miraculous. What do I mean? I mean, how do you hear the Holy Spirit? How do you confirm him? And then do you have the boldness and courage to do what he says to do? And if you do, miracles will start to happen in you, for you, and through you to others that you cannot explain other than the God of the universe is partnering with you, commissioning with you in the destiny of your life. And it is absolutely incredible. And with that, you've just set yourself up for packed out workshops the next couple of days. Uh, let me mention, by the way, that Clay is going to be speaking tomorrow at one. 30 p.m. and again on Saturday at 12:45 p.m. Uh, the topic is going to be on 21st century issues, toxic sex, porn habits that are ruining our lives, and yes, in your church. And uh, I'll mention as just sort of a, a little bit of a precursor, a tease, as they say, that Clay is going to be one of our presenters at the upcoming annual Pastors Appreciation event, which we're morphing this year into something bigger, and we think really significant in terms of helping to equip pastors across the Bay Area to do a better job at feeding his sheep. So um, details on that to come, details on Clay's ministry at 
avenue.works. That's avenue.works. You've got workshops taking place here at the Bass Convention this weekend. And, of course, you do workshops, churches throughout the Bay Area all the time. Folks want to get more information, just go to your website. Yeah, that's right. And we also have a toll-free number if anybody wants to uh, contact us for help or to offer help, 877-326-7000, 877-326-7000. We equip churches to help minister restoration to men and women who have been betrayed and uh, who have been broken apart by sexual things. This is a very difficult topic. Ninety-three percent of churches are not addressing this issue. This is why it's running rampant in the church. We need to reverse that. And we need. And what we see happen is churches thrive as a result. They grow in size and influence when they start dealing with this topic. And that's because Jesus cares about them. Information again on the web at avenue.works. That's avenue.works. Clay Allen, founder and president of Avenue, appreciate you dropping by. You're welcome. Pleasure All right. To be with you. Let's take a time out and get you updated on some traffic. Right now, 5.50. We're a bit late, so let's get caught up as we head back over to the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Hey, thank you, sir. Welcome back. We are live once again on location, night number one of the three-day annual Bass Church Workers Convention, uh, this annual leadership convention that brings together people that are not only volunteers and working uh, certainly in lay ministry capacities, also more professional capacities, maybe for youth ministers, pastors, assistant pastors, an opportunity for hundreds of thousands of people from across the Bay Area, from hundreds and hundreds of churches to gather together, to share best practices, Practices and to essentially encourage, encourage one another in the ministry of this greatest outreach, this greatest mission field in the world called the San Francisco Bay Area. Details about the convention online at BassConvention.org. That's BassConvention.org. One of the more challenging and critical ministries that takes place within the church today, and we talk about youth ministry and outreach to minority communities, things of that sort, but there's another component of ministry that takes place in the church today that is occupied by heroes, silent heroes that don't brag about it. Sometimes you don't even know that they're out there and working, but they are. They're people that are in the front lines of helping women who find themselves in crisis pregnancies and dealing with an issue that, quite frankly, since 1973 has claimed millions of lives and has upset untold millions of families. When a woman finds herself in that circumstance and she doesn't know where she can go, to whom she can turn, and finds herself most confused by conflicting messages, where can a woman go to find support? Where can a woman go to find truth and encouragement? Well, Support Circle is certainly one of these ministries. And joining me right now is uh, Charmaine Williams. Charmaine, great to see you. Great to be here. Uh, Great to have one of our unsung heroes from the front lines uh, joining us here for a moment to talk about this important ministry, because it is true that there are so many thousands of women, even as we speak right Mm -hmm. now, that just found out. Yeah. And now they're wondering, what next? My life is about to change. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Exactly. It, it is so tough, and particularly here in the Silicon Valley where everybody's in a rush, where you're always trying to get the next 
thing done, you know, so depending on where you are in your life cycle, there's always the next thing that's on the agenda. And oftentimes, um, unintended or unplanned pregnancies tend to be the surprise. And for many, very traumatic, um, because it kind of takes them out of what they would have been planning to do, whether it be going to college or going up the ladder in their, you know, corporate company or, um, just a variety of things. And so we really want to provide a ministry to um, women out there that are facing these um, difficult times. And, um, and so that's who, and that's what our service does. We're a state licensed medical clinic. Um, we serve um, women and preborn babies, um, the men in their lives. Um, and we provide early pregnancy consultation. Um, we also provide a very welcoming environment of personalized care. And I think that's very important. Yeah, I was going to say, if there's anything that's unique about your ministry, it's being an ear mm-hmm. for women who suddenly find surprise. And even if they understand, yes, there are a variety of options out there, mm-hmm. sometimes just having somebody that they can talk to who will be unbiased who is not a member of the family with a uh, you know uh, a, a, an agenda here exactly. whatever it might be mm-hmm. be it a family member who says oh yeah this is great you need to have this baby to the family member who says well you're not prepared for this at all and look at the interruption it's going to have on your your uh, scholastic career your professional career mm-hmm. all of these things and so women find themselves i think in this very uncomfortable position where they're getting so many mixed messages and yet who can you turn to that can say, let, let me just be an ear for you? And, right. and if anything, that's one of the unique and special things of what Support Circle does beyond the medical clinic and all the other assistants, mm-hmm. just to be there in the moment and say, let's walk together through this. Yes, we provide time, space, and support, and that's just so key. Um, as I said, we're in a very busy community. Everybody's ripping and running. The freeways are packed with people. You don't have really many places where you can just sit back take a deep breath, actually have someone that listens to you, and um, and not only are they listening, actively listening, but they're looking for solutions, and they're working with you to provide that action plan, to have you walk through um, your process. Sometimes people are feeling very isolated, and it's nice to sit down with a patient advocate who will say, gosh, who who else in your life is, is a support to you? And that's kind of embodies our name, Support Circle. We want to surround um, our families with support and oftentimes they don't quite they've just never thought through their process but if you give them the time to do that oftentimes they'll think about well gosh you know maybe I can talk to this person or that person maybe this is a resource over here that I've gotten no consideration to and we have story after story of women who feel very um, full of fear hopeless um, isolated and um, because of the fine work being done in the clinics um, oftentimes they leave feeling a lot more um, empowered to, to take whatever next step God is calling them to. The other exciting dynamic, and you touched on this, the mm-hmm. busyness of the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and that even for many churches that might recognize, well, you know, there is a need there. We can look at the statistics. We know yeah. how high abortion is in America. So we recognize the fact that there's a tremendous need here, and yet we feel ill-equipped. Uh, if we have the people, they're not properly trained. And oftentimes churches in the busy just said, we, we don't know where to find the people and get them properly trained and equipped to effectively 
actually carry out ministry like mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. But the good news is that the church can come alongside ministry organizations like Support Circle and say, you do your job better than we can, <laughs> but we want to be here to stand with you and support what you're doing to be here for these women when they're in a crisis pregnancy. And toward that end, there's a very special benefit luncheon coming up. In fact, the 36th annual Support Circle Clinic's benefit luncheon that's going to be held Saturday, March the 28th at 10 a.m. at the Crown Plaza in Foster City. Tell us more about that. Yes, so we're very excited to do this. is our first luncheon. We typically do dinners, but this will be a lunch. Um, 10 a.m., the doors will open. It'll be exciting. We'll have silent auctions. We'll have um, opportunities to talk to our nurses, to our patient advocates, to get an idea of what are the services that we really provide at our clinics. And um, it's just a camaraderie that happens because oftentimes people wonder, who else is out there like me that cares, that really has a heart for this ministry? And so it's an opportunity to hear. And um, we've got some exciting news actually coming up, um, some additional services that we plan to reveal uh, coming up at the end of the month. And we also have another special person. We have two. We have a keynote speaker, Chelsea Cameron. Um, many will know her. She's the actress. Um, has been involved uh, with um, Full House and then uh, Growing Pains. Um, she was married to another actor, not at that time, in, in uh, they were actor and actress, and then did end up getting married. And so she both has a, on screen and yes, in real life. Yes, in real life. And she has an extremely unique story, and she attributes her life to a center such as ours. Um, we also have another person that is going to be our MC, and we're very excited to have him there, that is Craig Roberts himself, who Boy, will they, be... They, 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 they moved to the short list now. No, no, we did not. We're very, very excited to have them both with us, and there'll be pictures and opportunities just to engage, and wonderful food. Um, in fact, we want to invite our KFAX listeners to be part of that, and so if you are listening now and you are interested, you can go to our website, and that is Support Circle dot org forward slash benefit and when you go in there and ask you for a host table put in kfax kfax listener and we'll know it's you and um, we would love to have you there it's um our event is is covered because of the wonderful supporters Uh, many are churches and other organizations that undergird us so that we are able to bring you the information and help you understand more of all the trends and different things going on in the community so this is really going to be a jam-packed morning because there's going to be great food great Mm -hmm. fellowship wonderful keynote speaker we had uh chelsea on about two weeks ago and and She's really pumped up and excited to be coming to the Bay Area and to share. And, of course, as Charmaine mentioned, there's going to be all kinds of folks that really have a sense of Mm like-mindedness. And so an opportunity to come and to not only help support the ministry and to be encouraged, but to celebrate life. Exactly. So it's going to be a powerful morning. And, again, this will be Saturday, March the 28th from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. at the Crown Plaza in Foster City. And, of course, the nice thing about the Crown Plaza is... No matter where you're coming from, South Bay, Peninsula, East Bay, it's so centrally located. It's probably no more on a Saturday morning than 15, 20 minutes from wherever you Correct. might live. Great parking, completely open, and again, just a great opportunity to hear about the volunteer opportunities and just how can you get involved. And so that's so, what we're about. So much bad news out there these days. Mm-hmm. Good to have a chance to spend a Saturday morning and hear nothing but good news. Yes. Um, information available again on the web at supportcircle.org forward slash benefit. 
That's supportcircle.org forward slash benefit. And I have a pair of those tickets to give away right now. Caller number five, caller number five to 888 That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Pick up the phone, be caller number five, and we'll have a pair of those tickets reserved for you for the 36th Annual Benefit Luncheon on behalf of Support Circle Ministries. And again, details available on the web, supportcircle.org forward slash benefit. Caller number five, pick up the phone, do it now at 888-367-5329-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Charmaine Williams, thanks so much for dropping by. Thank we appreciate you for the having update, me. This and is we'll great. we'll see you in a few weeks. Sounds great. All Take right. Care. Take care now. 6.04 on the clock. Let's get a look at traffic. We head back over to the KFAX Traffic Center for the latest.